0: Now, let's have some fun. Let's talk about the most controversial trade. Uh-huh. Um, certainly, certainly on the Mariners uh, Twitter, uh, the Mariners twi- Twitter sphere. Um, and that came down yesterday. Um, the Mariners have traded, they traded uh, all star shortstop Gene Segura along with uh, James Pazos and Juan Nicasio uh, to the Phillies for JP Crawford um, and Carlos Santana and if your initial reaction was what the hell are you doing welcome to the club uh because that was certainly my reaction um initially and ty i know that was yours as well yeah. you've had a, about 24 hours to sit on the deal kind of digest it kind of look at it closer how do you feel now about the segura plus for pazos and santana or for uh, crawford and santana sorry
1: Yeah, I mean, God, at first, you know, I was kind of right there with everyone else. I, um, I don't know, (laughs) it was, it was very uh, jarring what, uh, when it, when it was first announced And, and I had some worries that that was going to be the package because, you know, we had heard some talk about, you know, there's prospects involved in the deal, but then, you know, it felt like you know, most of these uh, reports were saying a bunch of names, but they just couldn't figure out what else was coming to Seattle. Mm -hmm. And it just suddenly became more and more apparent that that was all they were getting. Right. Um, You know, I think, I think we got lost here and, 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 uh, or we lost sight of, you know, the facts here. Uh, not a lot of teams see Gene Segura as a as a shortstop. And mm-hmm. not a lot of teams that are willing to buy Gene Segura need a second baseman. Um it was a very tough market and it seemed like it may have been the Phillies or or, or nothing. Um mm-hmm. you know and, and they got what they could, and they they got a pretty good package, honestly. All things mm-hmm. considered, and I'll get into in, into why I say that uh, in a second. But um, you know, uh, people will ask, you know, well, why did you trade them in the first place? Why did you force this trade? Clearly, something happened. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the the relationship between the Mariners organization and Gene Zagura had been strained to the point where he needed to go. Yep. And, you know, a part of that may be, uh, the organization's fault. And a part of that may be Gene's fault. You know, he had the clubhouse, uh, scuffle with, with D Gordon
0: mm-hmm. and D
1: Gordon doesn't seem like someone that would, uh, you know, stir the pot that much. So I feel like that may be more on Segura's side. Um, Segura's been a bit, you know, or, or, uh, Ryan Diffish said that, you know, Segura is not one that likes to talk to the media and is a bit standoffish with them. Um, you know, he, he was benched, uh, towards the end of the season for, for not hustling. Um, and, you know, and then there were the, the, the reports that came out right before the trade that no one would be happier than Segura to get out. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, you know, for, for as much as we love Gene and everything, you know, I'm starting to question whether or not Gene was kind of an ass, <laughs> like, right. you know, like I'm not saying he is, but you know, it's his fifth team in seven years, um, or fifth organization at least in seven years. And, uh. Yeah, you know, there might be a reason for that that we don't know. I mean, you know, Gene seems like a, a really uh, good guy. Um, at least when you look at him, you know, he dealt with some tragedy. You know, towards the end in Milwaukee and everything with you know w- with his son. And, but I don't know. You know, there's there's clearly something wrong there that we don't know about, and um. That forced the Mariners' hand. I think that if their relationship wasn't as strained, I think they would have considered keeping him. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's twenty-eight. He's on a team-friendly deal. He does fit the timeline. They didn't absolutely have to trade him, but if there was a problem in the in in the clubhouse with him and a character issue, then for sure they had to trade him. Um, and then you know, going into to what they received in return. You know, J.P. Crawford, if he if he uh, was uh, was still considered a prospect, which he's not, he's over that, what is it, 130 plate appearances? 130,
0: 150,
1: something yeah. around there. So, you know, now that he's above that, but he's just barely above that, you know, if mm-hmm. he was still considered a prospect, he could very well be the number one prospect in the Mariners system. And at a time, you know, Crawford was... Uh, was revered as, as a top five prospect in, in major league baseball. Uh, and he still got a lot of room to grow. He dealt with, um, what was it? A broken wrist last year.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You know, he, you know, he's been off and on, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people will point to his stats last year and, and in triple a, but again, he dealt with injury, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on with the Phillies organization last year, you know, it, it, it just wasn't a good situation for him as a whole and he needed to change the scenery and he's got, he's got the potential still to be a, uh, solid shortstop in, uh, in major league baseball and maybe even more than that. Um, you know, he's, he's a better, uh, defensive shortstop than, than Gene Segura. I believe I know last year was a pretty rough time for him. He had eight errors in just 30 games. Um, but, you know, those are things that, you know, can be fixed. Uh, look at Marcus Simeon. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's actually a pretty good comp for J.P. Crawford. It's Marcus Simeon, uh, just in terms of development and um, what have you. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got a lot of tools to work with. I think his bat is, uh, is better than people perceive it to be. Um, I think he's got a bit more power there than people think. Uh, 2017 in AAA, he hit 15 home runs. I think with a swing adjustment, he could get 20. Um, I, there's a lot of bat speed there. He's got a really good plate uh, presence. Um, and, uh, In the minor leagues, he didn't strike out a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I figured that will uh, likely continue once he starts to adjust to major league pitching. But he's got to be given time, and he wasn't really given time uh, with the Phillies he did appear in 49 games most of those were uh were uh, pinch hitting appearances though he only had 138 played appearances last year uh 2017 played 23 games 87 play, played appearances for the, for the Phillies you know uh, just don't just don't look at his stats he's the um you know some scouts and and some people are are scared off by you know what he's done at the major league level but yeah, you know, that happens with every player and and uh, you know, I want to bring up something that I just remembered uh, that I wanted to bring up uh yesterday. Uh Colby, tell me or do you know what Mitch Haniger hit in 2016 for the Diamondbacks? Uh 220. Yeah, it was 229 309 404. 81 WRC+. Yep. JP Crawford about the same. Mitch Haniger just finished 10th in the AL MVP voting. You know, I just if you're going to look at like, don't look at stats, it, especially in such a small sample size. It's incredibly, incredibly stupid and won't lead you anywhere. J.B. Crawford. I don't know if he'll be the superstar that, you know, many uh, believed he would be, but he's young. He's 23 years old. He's got a lot of time left on his contract. Um, Six he's years. Affordable. What's up? That I think he still has all six years of club control left. So they have to they have to do a little bit of uh, maneuvering with that. I think he needs to be in the minor leagues for five five weeks for well, them
0: to to get the most out of his out of his deal. That's totally something that might happen too. I mean, yeah, which even, I, I truly totally
1: believe so. Especially Jerry Depoto made uh, comments about you know he he could be our opening day shortstop or he might not be. Uh, and I think that's what he's kind of alluding to, which is right. messed up,
0: <laughs> you know, but I, I think in Crawford's case, though, it's fair. Um, yeah, it's
1: fair. He needs some more time.
0: And yeah, because he does need more work on things. I mean, we're not talking about like Juan Soto who, or Ronald Acuna, who is so obviously ready to be in the major leagues. I mean, yeah, I think it, it will take time. So uh, but yeah, yeah, your uh, your uh, point is uh, well taken there. Yeah. on the uh whole, whole service uh service time thing that yeah. major league baseball does. Yeah, so it's yeah, so
1: so for Crawford, you know, it's he needs time. He need the, 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 what he's done so far. He's performed at the minor league level. Um he's been a solid solid player down there uh and i really have no doubt that he will continue being that guy. He's not going to be a 300, you know, 360 on base, you know, 400 plus slugging guy. I don't think he'll be that ever, but um or like 450 plus slugging guy, but you know, I, I i do think that he has a lot of tools to work with. He's got above average speed, he has a nice glove, nice arm. You know, like I said, you know, he did make you know uh, quite a few errors last year, but that'll be fixed. And and um, yeah, I, I, I really am excited about that. Um, I think they they got a really really nice piece there. Uh, another guy that I kind of like him liken him to Jerickson Profar. Mm-hmm. Profar got off to a slow start after being regarded as one of the best prospects in baseball. He turned things around and he was a really good player last year for the Rangers. Um, so yeah, I, you know, these things take time. These things take time. And and the Mariners have plenty of time
0: with Crawford. Right. Um, so I left a big tease on Twitter yesterday. You guys might've seen it where I, uh, I announced that I, uh, quote, freaking love this trade and it has very little to do with JP Crawford. um, Which, who I do like, by the way, I agree with everything Ty said. Um, And before I dive into that, I do want to point out one thing. Because you're right, a lot of people, they look at J.P. Crawford's, what is it, 225 plate appearances at the big league level. And they say, well, I mean, clearly the guy's no good. He can't hit. So in this first 225 plate appearances, J.P. Crawford is hitting 214, 333, 358. All right, you ready for this? Here's yeah. another former Mariner top prospect in his first 225 plate appearances. This was his slash line. 286, 367, 472. You want to take a guess who that is? No clue. That's Dustin Ackley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so by the logic that some of these people are using, Dustin Ackley be a superstar right now because in his first 225 plate appearances, he was an all-star basically, it it doesn't work like that. Even Mike Trout struggled when he came up for the first time. J.P. Crawford had to deal with a hand injury. He was never guaranteed that job. He needs time to develop a little bit more and be allowed to fail at the major league level. And by the way, if you guys love small sample size, I'll go even smaller and say that in his last 67 plate appearances, um, he slashed, uh, this is J.P. Crawford, I'm no longer talking about Dustin Ackley. Uh, J.P. Crawford slash 245, 394, 472 in his last uh, 67 plate appearances there. So if you don't like the deal or if you don't like J.P. Crawford because you want to point out his low batting average, like whatever, that's your business. Um, But sitting here and saying that, oh, well, the guy's clearly a bust because he's only hit 214 in the big leagues, that means nothing. It means absolutely nothing, and you sound like an idiot when you say that. JP Crawford might fail, but it's not. But you can't. You cannot sit here and honestly say it's going to happen based off of 225 plate appearances. Now, let's get into why I really, really have grown to love this trade. And Ty's already touched on a few of the things here. All right. First of all, the market for Gene Segura was not as big as I anticipated. And it was not as big as some in baseball have anticipated. All right, people who work inside baseball, they were surprised by the lack of the market for Gene Segura. And think about the deals that we've heard Gene Segura mentioned in: Gene Segura and and Mike Leake for Will Myers. That's a Padres salary dump trade. All right, we heard Gene Segura linked to the Phillies, but only when Edwin Diaz was attached to him. So that doesn't work either. And then you hear Gene Segura linked here again in Philadelphia, and they quote unquote only get J.P. Crawford for him. Those three those three pieces of evidence should tell everybody that the market for Gene Segura was not as good as we thought it was going to be. Um, a lot of teams don't see him at shortstop as a shortstop. A lot of teams who are good they have a good shortstop already. All right, they're not looking for a shortstop. So those two factors really shrink the market down. And then you start talking about other issues that we have. Ty mentioned it. Gene Segura has played for, will have played for five teams now since 2012. Gene Segura is way too good to be a journeyman. He, he's not. He is an all-star caliber player. And yet, four organizations have given up on him. Also, I'd like to point out that when the Mariners traded for Gene Segura, Who did they give up? They gave up essentially the JP. uh, Pitching prospects. That would be Taiwan Walker, a guy who really highly ranked prospect came to the big leagues. He flashed a little bit, dealt with some injuries, never quite, never quite, uh, quite reached his ceiling. That's who, that's who Gene Segura has been traded for twice. Now, twice, there has to be a reason for it. And when you start talking about, Hmm, let's look at that fist fight. Happened in late August hmm. Robinson Cano comes back Is pissed off that he's not Playing second base And then his best friend in the world Gene Segura gets in a fist fight With the Mariner's Current second baseman at the time Dee Gordon huh. hmm. Now why would Gene Attack Dee Gordon When his Best buddy is pissed that he's not Playing second base Hmm. Oh, and then you remember when uh, Scott Service threw him under the bus, literally, during that press conference? Gene Segura pulled himself out of the game. He's got a bruised chin. And just the anger and the infliction in the voice of Service should tell you there that Gene literally quit on the Seattle Mariners. He quit. In September, he quit. He didn't hustle. He got pulled for that. He pulled himself out of the game with absolute minor injuries. And yeah, you know what? The Mariners were out of it at that point, more than likely. But technically, they were still alive, and it didn't matter. Gene Segura quit on the Seattle Mariners, all right? You cannot have that type of attitude in your building when you are rebuilding. You need to reestablish the culture of your team. And I'm going to break the rule here, and I'm going to make a football analogy for baseball. But it's one that should resonate with a lot, with a lot of you. In 2017, the Seattle Seahawks went 9-7. and seven and they missed the playoffs by one game. And it was easy to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, if they had a good kicker, they would have made it. Or, you know, if this one thing had gone right, they would have made it. There's no reason to really tear down. And what did the Seahawks do? Michael Bennett, see you later. Richard Sherman, goodbye. We're not dealing with this headache anymore that you are presenting to us. Who have the Mariners traded so far this offseason? Robinson Cano? and Gene Segura, two troublemakers, two guys who were causing headaches for management at the upper level and Scott Service, and the Mariners have finally said, they have finally put their foot down, and they said, no, we will not be bullied. You play for us. It is a privilege to play for the Seattle Mariners. It is a privilege to play for the Seattle Seahawks. We appreciate all you guys did for us, but at the end of the day, this has deteriorated so much, and even though we've won 89 games and we were quote unquote close to the playoffs. They saw the truth, just like they saw the truth. It was time to hit the reset button on this. You can't have malcontents. You can't have people undermining Scott's service. As, that's, that's my job. My job is to undermine Scott's service because I don't think he's that good of a manager. But I want to give huge kudos right now to Jerry DePoto and the Mar- Mariners' ownership for having the balls to say, we will not be pushed around. We don't care if we just won 89 games. We don't care how bad this is going to look. We are not going to deal with this type of distraction in our clubhouse. Robinson Cano, you're gone. If it means costing us a B- B-minus prospect in an Edwin Diaz package, so be it. Adios. Goodbye. Gene Segura, you're gone. We might have gotten more for you in July. We might not have. But you know what? We like J.P. Crawford, and we don't want you around our team anymore. Goodbye. We are going to get rid of you. And I'm guessing anybody else who was a problem in the clubhouse last year, they'll be gone too. Part of that is, a re- is just a straight rebuild. James Paxton and Mike Zanino, by all reports, great dudes, never had a problem in the clubhouse. Those seem just like value trades. Trading guys are the top of their value. Uh, James Pazzo, same thing. You never heard anything bad about him. Uh, you never heard anything bad about Juan Nicasio or Edwin Diaz. But when you start connecting all these dots – about the fight and the lack of hustle and the manager calling him out and Robinson Cano's return. This all points to a toxic environment in the clubhouse. And the Mariners have said, to hell with what the fans think. I don't care that we came close to making the playoffs. We desperately, desperately need to rebuild the culture of this team. And I might look bad for doing it, but I'm going to do it. And I have the, I have the power of my convictions to see this through for better or worse. And no Mariners general manager has ever done that. Not one has ever stuck his neck out like this. And by the way, wouldn't have allowed Jerry DePoto to do it. Right now, the Mariners would be sitting there going, well, we won 89 games last year. We were still, what, nine games out of the playoffs? So let's go spend you know $30 million on this one-win player, and let's go trade for this guy who may or may not break out let's just roll the dice again, and we'll see if we get lucky, and maybe we sneak into the playoffs. And this manager group said, hell no. No, we are rebuilding from the ground up. And for all of those reasons, I absolutely love this trade because it sends a message to baseball. It sends a message to the fan base, even if the fan base does not want to hear their message. I get it loud and clear. We are not gonna be held hostage by the Gene Seguras and the Robinson Canoes of the world. And even if it means we have to deal with some angry fans, and even if it means we have to completely reset when we didn't want to, we are going to do it because we are not gonna be held hostage by two or three. It is not gonna happen. And mm-hmm. so they went out, they made this deal, and I absolutely love it because the Mariners are showing something that the Mariners have never showed, and that is pride in the Seattle Mariners. So might be a little sappy and whatnot, but I absolutely commend Jerry DePoto and uh, John Stanton for going out and saying, you know what, if this is what you need to do for us to be legitimate contenders and enough of this, let's try to win 85 games bull crap and try to sneak our way into a one-game playoff, then you do it. And Jerry went out, and he has the stones, and he's done it. So I absolutely love this trade. I love this offseason, and that is why I love this trade without even feeling any better about J.P. Crawford than I did yesterday. Absolute home run for the Mariners. That's why I love the trade. So that's the payoff right there. All right, I'm on board with that. Um, Yeah, that's –
1: honestly, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, It makes sense. It's – and it's it's what they need. It's what they need, you know, because things changed. There once the uh, the A's just kept on winning and winning and winning, um, and the offense started to fall a bit apart. You know, towards the end of July and into August, you know, Gene Segura was right there in the middle of the struggles too. Mm -hmm. Segura for the last two months was pretty atrocious um, at the plate, and uh, you know, once Cano came back, it honestly felt like things got worse. And yeah, that was it. Was such a heartbreaking end of the season, and I'm sure emotions were running high because you know for a while there, it felt like the team was a family. Um You had the high energy of D Gordon, and you had the camaraderie of you know guys of you know like Wade LeBlanc and Marco Gonzalez and Mitch Haniger and. And then you know, and then everything changed, and it felt like, <clears throat> excuse me, it felt like you know, Cano and and Segura were kind of at the center of that, and uh, yeah, it's it's a tough pill to swallow, but you know, right away, but right now it kind of makes sense, though.
0: Yeah um something had to happen and i'm glad the mariners finally took action by the way a quick bit of breaking news inside the division Uh, the astros have agreed to a one-year deal with robinson torinos um so he appears to be the new catcher in houston um also it sounds like uh the jt real muto uh trade possibility might be braves or uh Considering building a package around uh, third base prospect Austin Riley and pitcher Mike Soroka. Um, So that certainly should catch the Marlins' attention. But, uh, anyways, they uh, take that deal. Yeah, they should. But but we're not a Marlins podcast here. But, uh, so, anyways, uh, getting back to the deal a little bit here, the deal again, really to me, it looks like it's two deals. Um, This is Crawford for Segura or Segura for Crawford, and then this is uh, Pazos and uh, Nicasio for Carlos Santana. Uh, let's yep. talk about Santana real fast, because he's kind of getting short shrift here. Uh, still a pretty good player, uh, and he definitely is an upgrade at first base to, for the Mariners. So what do you think about Carlos Santana?
1: You know what? I'm pretty excited about Carlos Santana. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the Mariners are going to be bad this year, but... I've always wanted Carlos Santana on the Mariners, especially last year when he became a free agent, so I'm excited about this. Um, yeah, he, he... I know, like, he had a bad year last year. He was still really good like, mm-hmm. at the plate. Uh, like, I know his average is down, but who cares? He's 352 OBP, higher BB, uh, or higher walk percentage than than uh, strikeout percentage? Serious? It's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, 24 home runs, like, you know, 414 slugging, 109 WRC plus, he's still really good. He was a two win player and that was his down year. Um, and yeah, like, you know, he's, he's got two years, he's making a really good chunk of money. It's about $20 million a year, uh, after, uh, the signing bonus, but, um, you know, it it, it it he gets off of the Bucks in twenty twenty or in twenty twenty one if they don't pick up his option. So it still fits their timeline. Uh, but he's still a really good player. They can, you know, they could trade him if they want, but uh, and get a lottery ticket or two, or they could keep him. You know, if if they decide that they want to compete in twenty twenty, you know, or, or you know, if yeah, if like if they get ahead of schedule there and they want to compete in twenty twenty. Santana's is a really nice piece to have, um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. I, I I really think that this is kind of an underrated part of the deal. I think he's good. I I think he'll be fun to watch in a bad year. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a lot of people are not excited about Carlos Santana, and I am. I'm I'm pretty high on this because, like I said, even even if you want to deal him. You can, and you'll probably get something nice for him. But if not, like, he'll be fun. He'll be fun to watch.
0: Right. Uh, I, I agree. He's playing an upgrade over Ryan Healy. Um, yeah. He should be the starting first baseman. He has also been told that he uh, should expect to be a Mariner at the beginning of 2019. Um, we'll see. Uh, I mean, Jerry Depoto didn't make any promises. Um, and you can't assume that you're ever going to be safe when Jerry's your general manager. But uh, he should be the starting first baseman. Um, Ryan, guys like Ryan Healy, he has an option, uh, or three options, actually. So you can send him down to AAA for a few months. Um, and Ryan Healy shouldn't prevent anybody else from playing. Uh, because Ryan Healy's pretty much proven himself to not be a building block. Uh, in this rebuild, the Mariners, I think if they can they 'll trade him this winter um, and we'll see you know uh the move of uh Santana and Bruce does kind of put uh cold water on the whole uh Daniel Vogelbach as the uh d h type of thing uh but who knows there's still a long time for uh the mariners even uh report to spring training, but santana's a very nice piece he 's the best first baseman they've had um in a decade. I mean, he's, he's a legitimate defender there. He's above average or slightly above average. And like you said, the walk in the on-base percentage tool is absolutely real power, maybe dipping a little bit. Um, but the Mariners are still going to be able to get something for him. Um, if they decide to trade him, especially if they pay down some of his salary, which based on the moves, the Mariners have made this off season seems like they probably are willing to do. So, uh, yeah. We'll wait and see how the rest of that goes. But um, overall, you know, I, I get that the inclusion of like James Pazos is shocking to a lot of people. Long term, you're not gonna miss James Pazos. You're just not. And um, it sucks that the Mariners couldn't at least get like a lottery ticket prospect back in this deal. Uh, but you know, anybody who's feigning like dismay that they, they traded James Pazos in this deal. They're just looking for a reason to be ticked off. Pazos yeah. is a nice lefty. Um, he's not as good as his ERA indicated last year. Juan Nicasio was actually better than James Pazos last year. Um, not that anybody would know because they just look at reliever ERA. But he was better. And Pazos saw his velocity drop. His command got worse. So, whatever, man. It's... Yeah, Pazos was a ticking time bomb. And, yeah, um, maybe he com- maybe he comes back and he's good, but whatever, man. You don't need James Pazos this year. You don't need him next year. And he's he, you can find guys who can get people out, out of the bullpen. Um, and you know what? They traded for a guy named Ricardo Sanchez. Maybe he's the next Pazos. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Real quick on Santana. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Funny enough, he actually played 119 innings at third base last year, and he honestly graded out pretty nicely.
0: Yeah, he's not terrible. Yeah. So he can play first base. He can cover third base for a few innings if you need him. Maybe give, maybe give Seager a day. Um, Again, if Seager's still on the team. um, Yeah. Come spring training. And obviously, you can DH. You know, you can have Bruce play a little bit of left field, a little bit of right field. So uh, there's some flexibility here. And actually, I ran the numbers yesterday offensively. And if, the Mariners projected 2018 lineup or 2019 lineup puts up the exact same numbers. They did in 2018, obviously not going to happen, but you get the idea. Uh, basically the same offense, uh, minus 10, uh, minus 10 slugging points, but, uh, plus 20 in the on base percentage. So the Mariners lineup is actually pretty decent right now. Um, obviously the pitching staff took is taking the major losses and the Mariners haven't done anything to, uh, replace them yet, but they will. Um, yeah. The thing about the lineup, though,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, there's a lot of
1: possibility for bounce back there. Um, yeah. You know, let's say that Kyle Seeger doesn't get traded and D Gordon doesn't get traded. Those guys are probably going to bounce back. I mean, there's literally nowhere but up for them. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, Jay Bruce uh, is probably going to bounce back cuz you you did that calculation based off of 2018 numbers and as we found with you know Jay Bruce 94 games you know the power number s- significantly down average way down you know that's going to come back up so if anything like there'll be a fun offense to watch i think
0: i think you know, they... they'll be i think they'll be sneaky good and if they get into like late june and early july and they're actually on the fringes of a playoff race, I wouldn't be shocked.
1: Um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. It, it really depends on on the pitching staff, of course. Their bullpen right, right now is a friggin' mess. <laughs> but I, right. I honestly couldn't tell you more than four names right now that would actually be in their bullpen come opening day. Um, just off I mean, the top of my head. But, uh, you know, and that will be fixed. It's still early December. And, they, and it seems now, like, after Jerry's comments, that they're going to look to, uh, to add at the winter
0: meetings. Um, you know, because right. obviously they got to fill a roster. Uh, right. And you don't want to rush guys like, you know, Wyatt Mills to be in your bullpen before he's ready. Yeah. Um, when you can just go sign some dude on a minor league deal or a one-year deal. Uh, that's the other thing we should address real quickly here. The Mariners, um, the Mariners are still going to be busy in free agency, um, maybe this year more than any of Jerry Depoto's other ones, just because they do have to fill out a roster, a 25-man roster, um, and you know it's good to have holders, and especially in the bullpen, a lot, a lot of the times we see these bullpen guys they sign one-year deals or they sign minor league deals. They have a nice first half, and then in July, they net you a decent prospect in return. Um, and hopefully by then, guys like, you know, uh, Matthew Festa, Wyatt Mills, Art Warren, if he's still around, uh, Sanchez, Rumbelow, Gerber, Bautista, you know, those guys like that, hopefully by then, are ready to pitch in the big league. So, um, yeah, the Mariners are still going to be busy in, uh, in free agency so I think their lineup's pretty much set. Uh, unless they move one of these guys, um, which is still totally possible, by the way. Um, but you, so I think you're going to see them most of the, they'll spend most of the offseason looking at, uh, at uh, pitchers, probably bullpen, but uh, they might add a veteran starter on a one year deal as well. So the Mariners so I think are. We should get far into some of done. the
2: comments that, that Jerry talked about or said uh, yesterday. Sure. Uh, the first being um, kind of how they're going to view free agency.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: moving forward, and that um, their plan is pretty much exactly what every team's plan should be when it comes to rebuilding, and this is what the the Astros and the Cubs uh, most successfully did. And that is, you know, bank on hitting on some of your young guys, turning into stars that you can build around, and looking to add pieces Uh, in free agency to fill your roster and bring its value up more. Um, You know, the Astros did it with Josh Reddick and Brian McCann. Uh, The Cubs did it with John Lester and Ben Zobris and Jason Hayward. Uh, And Jerry DePoto said that they look at free agency in 2020 and 2021 as a way to finish a roster rather than build it, build one. And, um, and they've set themselves up perfectly to do that. Uh, you know, Cano's contract uh, is uh, going to be pretty much off of the books by that point. Bruce will be off of the books. Swarzak will be off of the books. Uh, okay. Cano, they're going to be paying about three point seven five million a year after this year. They're giving mm-hmm. five million to to the Mets this year, but for the final four years, it will be three point seven five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, they've set themselves up nicely here. Gene Segura will also is is also off of the books. Um, right. You know, Felix, of course, the, they're gonna have a lot of money to play with. They will have the opportunity to fill in pieces um, rather nicely. and I I would not rule out the possibility that they still add significant pieces either this year or next year's uh, off season. If they, fi- if they figure that uh, that's someone that helps them in 2021 and beyond. Um, you know, Yusei Kikuchi is possible. I believe he was posted yesterday. Yep. Um, so that's, that's a possibility uh, this year. Um, you know, someone maybe like Paul Goldschmidt next year could make some sense to them. Um,
0: yep. If you're
2: looking at a really big name. Um, but I, I definitely would not rule out that possibility. And it does seem like Jerry DePoto hasn't completely ruled out, uh, the possibility of competing next year. Um, especially, you know, sure. if let's say, you know, Kyle Lewis or Evan White, uh, comes up this year and, and they, they play well, that's going to be a big swing for them and, uh, and how they view their future.
0: Right. Also Sheffield comes up and he pitches yeah. like a three this year and maybe Swanson comes up and he's like a four, a good four or five. They catch a little luck in the bullpen. The guys develop, you know, I I would say that 2020 is probably a stretch in terms of like legitimately competing for a deep playoff run. Yeah. But I think after the 2020 season, when you're talking about, of course, Felix will be off the books and in the guys you already mentioned, but also, after 2020, Dee Gordon's off the books if you haven't traded him yet. Uh, yep. Carlos Santana, Jay Bruce, uh, Kyle Seeger's off the books and after 2021. Again, yep. if you haven't traded him yet. So there's going to be a lot of money you're going to have. Obviously, by then you'll be paying guys like Marco and Mitch. Again, if they're here, huge caveat with Jerry Depoto. You'll be paying those guys more money, but still well below their market value. Uh, so they may have an opportunity to catch the upturn here. The Mariners in every deal that they've made has gotten somebody who's either a major league player or really close to it right now. Um, So that should tell you that when they said that they're taking a step in 2019, they mean it. And then we'll see how this year goes. And who knows, maybe in 2020, you get kind of the Tampa Bay Rays thing or even the Oakland A's where you catch fire. In season, and then you kind of, everything kind of rolls your way, and then by twenty twenty one you're talking about a legit uh, playoff contender. I don't think this has to be a five year rebuild yeah i I think the way they're rolling back the money the way they are and the way that they're adding these prospects who might not have as high as upside as some of the younger guys, but are certainly closer or at the big league level um, I think that all points to Jerry and the Mariners really believing that. 2019 will probably be tough, um but I think the hope is is that the 20 the young guys in 2019 show enough that maybe Depoto can go out there and you know can't sh- hey you know what we're gonna give I, I, Paul Goldschmidt or I don't know whoever the hell's a free agent in 2020 like hey you know what we're gonna be players on this guy and maybe it's well, there's like a lot early. of pitchers <laughs> right and maybe it's a year too early. Um but that's fine because we have the money to eat this year. So uh I I don't I find it very hard to not be excited about the Mariners' future. Yeah. Um uh, obviously this could all blow up and it could be another twenty years, um, in theory, yeah, without the playoffs. But I mean, you gotta give the Mariners credit for t- the Mariners told the truth this off season, by the way. Yeah. They didn't lie to any of their fan bases like they had basically for the last 15 years. Like, no, we're trying to win this year. We're trying to win this year. We're trying to win this year. Nope, we're not trying to win this year. If it happens, great. But we're looking at a two year window where we're going to try and turn this thing around and flip it. And maybe in 2021, we'll compete. And if everything works out great, maybe 2020, yeah. they told you straight up. And I yeah. see people, this isn't reimagining, this is rebuilding. Who cares what word he used? who cares you're playing semantics at that point so the mariners are not lying they have a plan and it's a good plan whether or not it works i don't know i can't tell you and i understand
2: go ahead yeah no keep keep going
0: no i'm just gonna say i understand the skepticism some people who like well it's the mariners they're gonna fail because they're the mariners like that's really that's really flawed logic but when you haven't been to the playoffs in 17 years i get it like i'm not gonna I'm not going to debate you on that. So, uh, but yeah, I I don't think this is qualifies as the same old Mariners nonsense um, that I'm hearing from a lot of people who are upset by the, uh, the direction the team's going. It's actually something the Mariners have never done. So quite yeah. the opposite.
2: So the other thing that, that kind of came out was um, it doesn't seem like he, he's very much willing to, to part ways with Marco Gonzalez and Mitch Hanniger. Obviously, you know that can quickly change especially if you know he's given a, a an incredible offer for either one of them right but uh you know especially for Mitch um i all but thought he was gone uh he uh it, it just made a lot of sense for for the direction that they were going but now that i step back and i really think about it let's look at the four major pieces that they've traded um, or five, if you want to count Alex Colomay. Okay, so James Paxson just had two years on his deal. Didn't really fit the rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. Alex Colomay. Same you, thing. You don't you don't need a reliever. Yep. In a rebuild. Uh, Edwin thing. Diaz, same thing. Fantastic talent, but don't need him. Um, and his value would would never be higher. Robinson Cano. Huge, massive contract that they really don't need is 36 would be with the team until he's 41. Don't need that. Um, And also maybe a bit of a problem and probably left a little bit of a bad taste in the organization's mouth after the suspension. And then you got Gene Segura, who, like you said, was probably cre- creating a toxic environment in the in the clubhouse. Um, I, that's led me to believe now that, you know, Mitch Haniger with his four years left and still relatively young age and coming off of a year, which he finished, uh, was it 10th or 11th in, in, in AL MVP voting, he might be the guy that they're, they're kind of building around, um, you know, and that's, and that's totally fine. I was totally fine with that. Um, you know, and I think you were too, right? You know, because we were talking about it and we felt like yeah, it it would make sense for them to trade him. But they don't have to. They could realistically keep him and it would and everything would be fine. And you know, and it's it's nice to think about all the prospects they could get and how good their farm system would look if they traded Mitch Haniger. You know, they would likely become a top 5 farm system if they traded Haniger. But you know that hasn't worked out for every team. I mean, look at the white sox you know when when they got Moncada and uh I forget how how to pronounce his name, but like Giolito is that how you say yeah. his name yep yeah, um you know those guys haven't worked out you know it, it that's never a guarantee um it's nice you know to have those pieces, but it rarely ever works out and I think they have a good balance in their farm system right now. I don't think that they absolutely need more.
0: Right. They'll add more in the draft. Um, They'll obviously add more uh, lottery ticket type of players um, through more trades of veterans uh, as the season progresses. Um, I think that Marco Gonzalez makes more sense to keep around than Mitch Haniger. Just because Mitch is 28 and Marco's 26, um, Marco also has five years of club control left, whereas Mitch four. And while that doesn't seem like a significant number, um, if the Mariners' rebuild takes three years, um, which is totally like a reasonable expectation, then you're looking at competing with Mitch Haniger one year away from free agency at age 32. Like. Whereas Marco would have two years left. So you'd have two shots with Marco. He would be, uh, he would be what? 29 at the time still within his prime, not really exiting it. So it makes more sense that way. Um, yeah, I, am definitely not trading Mitch Hanniger for peanuts. Um, I would want a clinic done type of package, honestly. Yeah. Um, for Mitch Hanniger. Um, But yeah, you know, I think like the analytical side of me says they should absolutely trade him. Uh, But I I love Mitch Haniger just like you guys do. So I would not be sad if he stays. Um, I think they should trade him, assuming they can get the package that we think they can get. And there's really no reason to think that they won't. Um, But yeah, we'll see. I, I, I think also, you know, if Mitch is open to it, maybe do you approach him about an extension? Yeah. Like, hey, you know, you like it here. We like it here. You see what we're building. You're four years away from free agency. Let's go six years at fifty-five, sixty million dollars. Get some money right now. We'll buy out two free agent years, and you can still hit the open market when you're thirty-three, thirty-two, whatever it is.
2: Yeah, I I think if they can get him till till he's thirty-four, because here's the thing that I I look at Mitch. I look at Mitch as a perfect example of a guy that can help you finish your roster. As mm-hmm. they said, they 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 view free agency, right? Right. I think Mitch is a because Mitch isn't a superstar, but he's a star. You know, he's like in that in between of good player and great player, right? Right. Because he has the potential. You know, he's he's been a superstar at times, but he's never like a consistent superstar. I I think that that he's kind of the perfect player to to have right now to you know kind of build your not necessarily build around but build with right and um yeah i i I think he i think he can help this team i think he does fit the timeline i think you know because let's look at jerry depoto you know, let's look at it from from Jerry Depoto's eyes because you know everything tells us that you know likely they they will be competing in twenty twenty one twenty twenty two, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. But from Jerry Depoto's point of view, you know he's very high on his guys. He thinks mm-hmm. that Kyle Lewis and Braden Bishop, et cetera, they're all going to come up and they're going to they're going to you know do some damage, right? He real he is realistic in saying that. He thinks that they will they they can compete by 2020. He keeps on mentioning 2020. You know, um, I think that's a a, a a realistic goal that he set for himself. I I you know looking from the outside, I don't think it's very realistic, but I believe he does. And Mitch Haniger fits that. Um, so I would absolutely uh, not be surprised whatsoever if Mitch Haniger is a Mariner for quite some time. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded next week. <laughs> you know, that's just how things go with, with Jerry DePoto. But I think, you know, when you look at the guys that he's traded other than Edwin Diaz, they really, you know, it's either been a money issue or it's been a character issue, or it's just been a timeline issue. And yeah, I I, I I don't really see a lot of a lot of those problems other than timeline uh, with Mitch Haniger, but then again, we don't really know what the timeline is. We know it's in the next three years, but we don't know when it begins and where it ends.
0: Right. So I like said, if I had to guess right now, I think the Mariners are really going to try to shop Kyle Seeger. Yep. I don't think they can trade him unless they attach Mitch Haniger um which would seemingly eliminate the Braves who are probably the best option for Haniger um since they signed Donaldson um which kind of leaves the Cardinals as kind of the only team that could use a corner outfielder and a third baseman um and not that you couldn't get something nice from the Cardinals um but I think at that point you're probably just better off just hanging on to Mitch Haniger um so we'll see. I, I think they will try to trade Kyle Seeger. I think they will try to trade D Gordon. Yeah. It's more likely to be dealt than Seeger. I don't think it's that high of a shot. Um, but it could be a you know, I'm just throwing this out there. They they won't do it, but it could be something like D Gordon for like Matt Kemp, where like you it's a two year deal for a one year deal. So essentially you trade, you know, you you trade D Gordon and you take on his salary for one season instead of two, that way it's off the books next year, uh, completely. Um, and maybe it's something that you can trade at the deadline. Um, uh, but I, I think he'll probably start the year with the Mariners. Uh, I, I expect that Mike Leek will be traded at some point, um, assuming he's willing to waive his no trade clause. Um, so we'll see about that. Um, uh, but I think there's a good chance he ends up getting dealt, um, Ryan Healy, I've already mentioned, he's probably going to get moved. Um, So there's still some things for Jerry to do trade-wise. Definitely some options he needs to look at. But in terms of like major pieces, uh, I I think Marco is safe. I think Mitch is reasonably safe. Um, And everybody else is either the Mariners have already acquired or they're probably going to have to wait until July at the earliest to trade these guys, um, with the exception of Mike Leake. Um, but we'll see, like I said, um, you know, Jerry's not going to stop doing anything. Um, he's just, he's traded a lot from his major league roster already. Um, we'll see how free agency breaks, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if we're going to see a move, the scale of the two big ones he's made, um, uh, for the rest of the off season. But I do think you'll still see several small trades and probably, uh, a nice free agent signing or two or maybe three. Um, but it'll be fun to watch the rest of it. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, man, this is definitely going to be a two part episode. uh, Yeah. Ty, you have anything to say before we wrap it up?
2: Yeah. Just some final thoughts. Um, you know, this, this offseason seems like kind of the year that uh, the Mariners finally add all these veterans that that felt like they would be Mariners at some point in time. They got Jay Bruce. They got Carlos Santana. We right. all thought they were going to be Mariners at some point in time in their career. Yep. Why not add Matt, Matt Kemp? I mean, you know, there, there was that... God, who who was supposed to go to the Dodgers for Matt Kemp? Was it Taiwan Walker? Was that, like, that rumored deal from a long time ago?
0: I think so, but it was, like... After Matt Kemp had clearly like declined, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it wasn't during his heyday where he was 40 40. Uh, but yeah, I think it was in like 2000, let's see, between 2013 and 2014, like somewhere between there, yeah. where there was like that, oh yeah, let's we'll do this and this, and it's like, no, no,
2: <laughs> yeah, so but yeah, so I am totally down with getting Matt Kemp for D Gordon, <laughs> let's just do it. <laughs>
0: I, uh, All right, well, i'll call jerry and see what he thinks and uh because <laughs> yeah I, like I, said, I don't think again i don't think the dodgers do it but they do need a second baseman they know d gordon pretty well yeah. um, and you know it clears some salary for them this year uh, which might be nice and useful when they go out and try to acquire uh bryce harper you know so maybe yeah.
2: but uh but yeah so so we got that and then um yeah, uh, uh, the one free agent that I think would be really nice for the Mariners Society is not a big name whatsoever, but it would be AJ Ellis. I think with a, mm-hmm. uh, a young um, uh, pitching staff this year, you know, like obviously they got, you know, the Felixes and the LeBlancs of the world that will more than likely be a part of the rotation, at least to start. Um, You know, you got Justice Sheffield and Eric Swanson and perhaps Justin Dunn coming up. Plus, you got Marco Gonzalez still developing. I think having that that veteran uh, presence there, who's also a, uh, one of the better defensive catchers in the league, I think that would be a nice signing for the Mariners. I think they should explore that for sure. Um, I just I don't know how Omar Navares and, and David Freitas will help in the development of that staff, um, you know, and help kind of you know control them uh, during games. Um, I think you, I think you would need a, a bit of a more veteran presence there and I, I, you know obviously that's not completely uh um uh, integral to to you know the development of a pitching staff but it helps
0: mm-hmm. sure
2: so I think I think that would be uh, a name that the Mariners could sign where it's not really you know flashy or anything but that I would get excited about uh right. the prospect
0: of Right for me, that guy's Blake Parker, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anything else?
2: I think that's it. I mean, oh yeah, another name that could just be a mariner that we've always thought Mar- uh, would be a mariner is Billy Hamilton. Um,
0: that's right. In apparently, fact-
2: apparently oh. they apparently they traded for him, or they thought they traded for him,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: the Reds backed out. So I wonder if that was last year.
0: I think it was because you look at like D Gordon, yeah, and again Gerard Dyson was their first option, and then uh, I think John Jay was number two, and then Jay kind of, eh. and D Gordon was like their plan C. Yeah, uh, I wonder if D Gordon was actually like plan D, and Billy Hamilton was because that would make more sense than asking you know <laughs> asking D Gordon to try and learn how to play center field because. Billy Hamilton is a good center fielder. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd be fine with that. That'd be fun to see uh, Malik Smith, D. Gordon, and uh, Billy Hamilton all on the same team. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh, that'd be pretty fun. Um, So, let's just, you know, this is a fun year. It's, uh, you know, there are no expectations whatsoever. It is a big, pretty, you know, it is a pretty big year in terms of, you know, storylines, especially with the young players, you know, seeing them develop it. Hopefully, you know, you see them, um, you see Kyle Lewis, you know, b- get back on the horse or Brayden Bishop becomes more than the fourth out outfielder. We believe he, uh, he is, um, you know, these things would be huge. I-, I said that on the last podcast and I'll say it again because that that will really help them in terms of their timeline obviously they're they're a bit more deeper uh than than they were you know last week when i talked about this but it that would be huge if if you can get evan white you know Kyle lewis those guys to to actually um play up to their to their expectations and of course j p crawford if j p. Crawford is actually the the guy that a lot of scouts believed he was coming out of uh, coming out of the draft, and and for the first couple years of of his professional career, if he's that guy, that's a huge, huge swing, and that's a huge win for for Jerry Depoto. But again, you know, I'm I'm gonna keep on saying this: if Jerry's wrong, this is a very bad look for Jerry.
0: Right? He said, I mean, he he's betting his career on this rebuild, and uh... yeah. Like i said i I have to give him credit that he's willing to do that, and i yeah. I think Mar- more Mariner fans should too. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I think that'll officially wrap up the uh the megacast or whatever we're going to call this thing, because uh you know three major trades and then a bunch of talk about uh, free agency and what's going ahead in the future uh, certainly pushed us over our time limit. but uh, anyways, uh, thanks for listening guys from all dot uh we appreciate it make sure you guys join the website or uh, make sure you guys uh, visit the website uh, we have a lot of cool stuff going up tomorrow we'll talk about uh or you're probably listening to this on the day it drops but uh we'll have a Kyle Seeger piece up about uh some possibilities for Kyle Seeger, uh whether or not he's the next mariner to go um i will uh, certainly be uh putting the the pen to the paper on the little rant i gave about the Gene Segura trade over the next couple of days as well We have a player breakdown of Omar Narvaez coming uh, pretty soon as well. So we have a lot of fun stuff going up at the website. Make sure you guys uh, join us on our social media. You can follow us at Sotomojo.com. Sorry, at Sotomojo FS is the Twitter handle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, And as always, guys, make sure you join our Discord. You know, we're we're starting to see some uh, growth there. It's just a fun place to come talk about the Mariners and, uh, and, you know, hang out with uh, people who are, excited for what happened possibly angry it's what happening but uh hey you know it's a little more uh what's it's a little more civilized than the giant <laughs> twitter feed yeah. so uh so be sure you guys check out our discord yeah. i'll leave the link that, in the description
2: and that reminds me real quick um so this week uh is uh the release of uh, super smash brothers ultimate um mm-hmm. on the nintendo switch and i was hoping to have a little uh Hang out with you guys on on you know Discord or maybe Twitch and uh, maybe uh, run a little uh, tournament with uh, Mariner fans and Soto Mojo readers. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, please let us know on uh, on Twitter or let me know at uh, Dane Gonzalez G N Z L um, Z. And uh, yeah, we'll 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 get it put together. So that that would be probably on Sunday. I mean, before, mm-hmm. probably after the Seahawks or, or sorry, the Seahawks play on Monday. So just sometime during Sunday, uh, we'll probably probably do that. Uh, and I want to continue doing that with uh, maybe some other games, just have some game days where we play games and just chat about Mariner baseball. Uh, Mario and so should... Mariners. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And I would be remiss if we if we uh, uh, didn't uh, talk about uh NHL uh the NHL team coming to Seattle that finally got approved today so uh we're all gonna have to learn uh the rules of hockey
0: (laughs) I I look forward to it so I'm excited about that if you guys are an NHL fans or hockey fans in general today's a huge day for you and uh you know I look forward to learning the game and uh maybe you guys can teach me but don't be dicks about it so (laughs) so, make sure Uh, you guys uh, go ahead
2: quickly let's uh let's get your prediction on what the team will be called
0: i'm hoping the kraken um, yeah but i think it's probably going to be like the sockeye which i is okay um I'm not a huge fan of it like if i if i could pick any team name i would pick sasquatch um just because that's kind of weird and funky like the pacific northwest yeah. and you know sasquatch is part of the kind of the local history here um i also like the totems i think that one's kind of cool uh the I metropolitans like would be too the what? The emeralds. I yeah, like I, that. I like that, too. Um, so we'll see. I, I just hope they don't do something lame. Like, I think sockeye's a little lame. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I don't find fish very, but whatever, man. It, it doesn't matter what they name it. I'll probably buy a sweater and all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah. And
2: now we can, uh, we can add the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks and the, the oh it's Vancouver, the Vancouver the Ducks way. and all those teams as teams we hate.
0: It's Vancouver all the way. Screw Canada. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I, I actually have Canadian blood in me, and uh, I wouldn't mind being up there right now. But anyways, <laughs> thank, you guys for, thank you guys for listening. Like I said, I will leave uh, Ty's uh, on Twitter down in the description. So if you guys are interested in the uh, Super Mario, uh, or sorry, the uh, Super I'm Smash sorry, Brothers Ultimate, Ultimate Thank tournament. you, Super Smash Brothers, Mariners uh, Fan Tournament. Uh, be sure you contact him. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, you follow us at you can follow us on Twitter at Soto Mojo FS. Find us on our Facebook and uh, Instagram accounts. Also, if you guys want some Mariner highlights, we've kind of sorted dabbling in YouTube. You can find us at uh, Mariners Mojo on uh, on YouTube. Uh, if you want to check out a couple highlight videos we've thrown together, um, but like I said, as always, thank you for listening. Subscribe, like the podcast if you haven't already, and uh, we will see you guys in another life. See ya. Peace.